You are listening to the Ingenious Podcast, where God's word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by the Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful and we are thankful for this opportunity to be in your presence. We ask, precious Jesus, that be with us. Lead us in the way of righteousness as we talk about your temple, as we talk about the new creation. We ask that help us to understand these divine communications to the praise and glory of your name. Amen. So, this evening we are continuing with the temple and the new creation. The past weeks we've explored Adam and how Adam. In the story of creation is an agent of the new creation how creation itself is the story of the new creation we've explored how noah the story of noah is the story of the new creation we've also explored how the sabbath is a message of the new creation and today uh, what our attempt to do and lead us into a short time of prayer is to draw your attention to the temple because the goal of this exercise is to bring our hearts and our minds to the point that it is only in the temple that true restoration can be found. It is only in the temple that true restoration can be found. This year is a year of restorations, and we, we, when we talk about restorations, we see God speaks about restorations in the Bible, particularly concerning His temple, because His temple represents His true desire. God has created a lot of things in the universe. But the one thing that God truly desires is His temple. Now, this evening, what our attempt to do is to introduce in general some concepts, some ideas that I've been thinking about concerning the temple and how it represents new creation. Then as the weeks progresses, we are going to connected to restorations how all these things are pictures of the restoration that god promises us as his children our test for tonight is exodus chapter number 25 verses 8 and 9 exodus chapter number 25 verses 8 and 9 my prayer is that by the time that this year ends, this scripture in particular will, will be inscribed upon the tablets of your heart. So what does it say? It says that, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst, exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all its furniture, so you shall make them now when you read it in this version you are likely to miss um some things so um the, the first version i read is the esv version now I'm, I'm reading another version called the tree of life and in the verse 9 in particularly it says that you are to make it all precisely according to everything that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the furnishings within, just so you must make it. You are to make it precisely according to everything that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the furnishings. So when you read this text, Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 and 9. 
Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 and 9. When you read this text, particularly the verse 9, you realize that whenever we talk about the temple, there's only one emphasis that most preachers will draw your attention to, and that is that God says that we must do things according to the pattern of the tabernacle. But you see, there are two blueprints that was given for the construction of the sanctuary. There is the pattern for the sanctuary that is the building itself, it, the structure, and there is the, the pattern of what we call the interior decor, the things that are going to go into the structure. So there are, whenever we talk about the temple, you have to understand that the temple is built according to two patterns. Now these patterns are all communicating ideas of the new creation. This evening, my attempt is to try and um, deduce the, the new creation ideas embedded in these two patterns. So remember, there's the pattern of the tabernacle and there's the pattern of the instruments or the furnishings. Some, some tests will say furnishings, some tests will say instruments. So there's the pattern of the instrument, there's the pattern of the furnishings. Now, let me first talk about the pattern of the tabernacle. Now, the pattern of the tabernacle deals, deals with the specifications and the standards for the materials that was going to be used for the construction of the temple of God. So the pattern of the tabernacle is deals with the specifications and standards for the materials that were supposed to be used for construction. Now, the second pattern, which is the pattern of the instrument or the pattern of the furnishings, deals with the finished products right that is the interior decor as i said the finished product that were supposed to be used in decorating um, and making the temple or the structure look nice make it look like a palace for god so that's the second one so remember the first one deals with specifications and standards for materials then the second deals with the specifications and the standards for the finished product that were supposed to be brought into the temple now the first the uh, the first also deals with measurements um, and when, 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 when I say measurements, the measurements were, the, I mean, the engineers will have a better language to, for us to appreciate what we are talking about. Now, we, we've already said that the first deal specifications and standards for materials for construction. Now, these specifications include measurements. That's what we are saying. Why, why measurement? Now, when you look throughout the Bible, you are going to find peculiar places where measurements are required. In the book of Ezekiel, measurements are required. Um, when the still we are talking about in the book of Ezekiel for the construction of the temple and you are going to realize that any where there has been a requirement for measurement it has to do with either the temple or Jerusalem 
it has to do with either the temple or Jerusalem. So what are some verses to help us appreciate this? In the book of Amos chapter 7 verses 7 and 8, Amos is seeing a vision and he says that thus he showed me and behold the Lord was standing by a vertical wall with a plumb line in his hand. The Lord said to me, what do you see, Amos? I said, a plumb line. The Lord said, behold, I am about to put a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. So this is a plumb line. Usually, whenever there has been discussions about measurement in the Bible, you are going to see the phrase, the plumb line used a lot the other one is the book of zachariah chapter 1 verse 16. in the book of zachariah chapter 1 verse 16 the bible says that the lord said that i will return to jerusalem with compassion my house will be built in it declares the lord of hosts and a measuring line will be stretched over jerusalem so remember as we are saying Whenever they've used the measuring line, it's in regards to Jerusalem, it's in regards to the temple, it's in regards to God's people. Also, in the book of Zechariah, there's another one in one of the visions of Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He said, I lifted up my eyes and looked, behold, there was a man with a measuring line in his hand. So I said, Where are you going? And he said to me, to measure Jerusalem to see how wide it is and how long it is. So almost every test about the plumb line, it has to do with measurement, measurement. And it has to do with Jerusalem. It has to do with the temple. It has to do with God's people. So if you look at the idea of the plumb line you understand that measurements are a necessity to the kingdom now whenever we talk about measurement engineers mathematicians physicians biologists you know those who are in the sciences those who are into crafts that require um certain kind of expectations or standards we are going to tell you that measurement is very very crucial now whenever we talk about measurement what ideas does measurement communicate now remember we are talking about new creation and whenever we talk about measurement measurement particularly these are the principles that are communicated, I mean, indirectly and sometimes directly whenever we talk about measurement. We talk about the, the communication of the principle of exactness. We talk about the principle of preciseness. We talk about the principle of estimation. We talk about the principle of specificity. We talk about the principle of diligence talk about the principle of carefulness we talk about the principle of accuracy i'm going to repeat it again whenever we talk about the the, the idea or the concept of measurement measurement in itself speaks to us in these languages whenever we talk about measurement we are thinking about preciseness we are talking about exactness. We are talking about estimations. We are talking about specificities. We are talking about diligence. We are talking about carefulness. And we are talking about accuracy. If you understand the principles that measurement or measuring or standards, they communicate 
you ha you will have the appreciation of the kind of new creation that God is trying to erect in his temple. Now remember there is the pattern of the tabernacle, there is the pattern of the instrument. Now for the structure itself, you are going to find that the structure of the temple is similar in those times to some other temple structures. You are going to see that the temple has three chambers. You are going to see that the temple is mostly made with a significant appearance of pillars, you know, and all these things. All these things, when you look at the ancient text and you study the ancient history of the of the civilizations before um, in quotes, the Bible was introduced, you are going to realize that all these temple structures had similar patterns. But you see, the one about the God of Israel, the pattern of the construction and the materials requested for by the God of Israel is different from all the other gods. He was very particular and one of the things that sets the temple of the God of Israel apart from all the other temples is that in all the other temples you were going to find the image of the God or the spirit that they were worshipping. But in all the temple of the Jews or of Israel, you are going to find that there is no image for God. There is no image for God. The only thing that, that, that communicates about where God dwells is the act of the covenant. Everything speaks of God, but the act of covenant is what they call the mercy seat, the place of the cherubim. The legend is that while the high priest entered into that particular chamber, if God accepted the, the sacrifices of Israel, the light would appear in that room and the voice will be heard from between the wings of the cherubim. So the God of Israel was different from all the other gods. That's just the point I'm trying to carry across. So in the new creation, God is saying that in the new creation, I'm going to do something that is exact, something that is precise. It's something that you can estimate, but the, the, the dimensions are so defined that it cannot be missed. Where can we see the dimensions defined? When we continue to read Exodus chapter 26, 27, all the way into the 30s, you are going to realize that all those chapters, they speak to us concerning the requirement for the building of the temple. When you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 28, particularly verses 9 and 10, you are also going to notice that David claimed that the pattern of the tabernacle that he received and gave to Solomon to build, he received it from the Lord. And you are going to realize that as much as he received it from the Lord, in all these things, there was the participation of man. Now remember, God is the one that communicates the pattern, but it is man that builds or erects the pattern. I want you to understand that in the new creation, as much as God has a role to play in your life as a new creation because you are the temple that he is building. Now remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19, 18, 19, and 20, they tell us that we are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In as much as you and I, we are a temple and we are being built by God, you have to understand that in every temple, God did not descend from heaven to build a temple. 
Every temple is built by man. I'm going to repeat again. Every temple is built by man under the directions and the instructions of God. We've already talked about how many temples there are. We have five temples. Two are made of tents. Two are made of solid buildings. One is called the human temple. Now, if you look at the human temple in John's Gospel, chapter 2, Jesus said that he was going to pull down the old temple that had taken about 40 something years to build. He was going to build a new temple in three days. And the Bible says that when he spoke, the Pharisees or the Jews could not discern that he was speaking about his death and his resurrection. He was speaking about his body, right? Now, remember, when Jesus died, Jesus did not die as God. Jesus died as man. Jesus died as man. And so if you appreciate the fact that Jesus died as man, then you are also going to appreciate the fact that every temple is built by man under the instructions and the directions of God. So in Exodus, Moses built the tabernacle according to the instructions of God. He built it according to that Moses built it according to the pattern I showed you in the mountain. In, in the temple of Solomon, when you read 1 Chronicles chapter 28, as I said, particularly from verses 9, 10, 11, and 12, you are going to realize that David is going to say that the temple that he built or the blueprint that he is giving Solomon the instructions for the blueprint was given to him by God. But there's one thing in particular in that text. When you read that text, you are going to see that David said that all the things I have desired to do. So in as much as God gave him the pattern, David included some things he wanted to do. But everything he wanted to do were things that were approved by God every temple is built by man every shrine is built by man you see if you don't understand this principle you will not be able to fight altars it's a bit of a diversion but bear with me if you have an understanding that every temple is built by man you are going to appreciate the fact that whatever altar that has been raised in, in your family, in your community, in your city, in your nation. It was not built by the Spirit. It was built by man. It was built by man according to the instructions of a Spirit. And that is why it is able to function in the way it is. If anybody claims that I have built a house for God, and that house has not been built according to pattern as in according to the blueprint of God according to the instructions of God I can assure you that God will not be found in that building and this is why it is important that for every church that we go into it is not the name of the church it is the church remember every church has a presiding pastor to the angel of the church in Ephesus, to the angel of the church in Sardis, to the angel, every church has an angel presiding over it. Now when I say an angel, I don't mean like a supernatural being per se. Whenever we talk about church, when we talk about an angel, an angel just means messenger. It is a title. It is not a name for a being. It is a title for a being. So. An angel is just a title. So, as, as to how God will operate in a building will depend on the instructions that the person set over the building has received. So that if you build according to pattern, God will be found in there. His, his power, His presence, His glory will be found in there. So you realize that when Moses built the tabernacle, 
the cloud of his presence was found in there. When Solomon built his temple, the cloud of his presence was found in there. In the temple of Ezekiel, we are going to see the description of the cherubim and, and the glory of God that is found in the temple. In the tabernacle of David, you are going to find the presence of God in there that is able to bring inspiration to the psalmist or the priest to prophesy. And, and when Jesus was raised from the dead, according to Ephesians chapter 1, you are going to understand that because he built the temple, the, the human temple, according to the instructions of God, you are going to understand that the Bible said that God caused all his powers that he had to raise him from the dead. That is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. If you understand this, you understand what Apostle Paul said that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities and powers. Spiritual wickedness or dominions or thrones or, or spirit of wickedness in high places. What he is saying is that whenever a temple is built, it is built according to instructions to be inhabited by a being of a certain class. Please, I'm going to repeat it again. Today, I know I'm talking about new creation, but I'm just laying some spiritual principles down so that when you are doing spiritual warfare, you will understand how to approach spiritual warfare. Every temple is built by man. It is built according to the instruction of a spirit. Whenever a temple is dedicated, it is dedicated to a class of a spirit. It is dedicated to a class of a spirit. So when you have a shrine, a shrine is dedicated to a class of a spirit. That means that it can be that the shrine is dedicated to a principality. The shrine is dedicated to a power, a temple. In, in that same regard, a temple can be dedicated to a, a principality, a power, a throne, or to the Elyon, the one who is seated on the highest right so every temple is dedicated to a class of a spirit whenever this temple is dedicated now remember there is the pattern of the building so the materials it is going to say that i need um blocks i need gold i need silver i need bronze i need wood I'm going to tell you what you should use in your construction and some people will say that uh, when you are building, make sure that you kill an animal, mix the blood of the animal with the materials of the building, then leave it up. Some people will say that before you build, dig a hole, crash seven eggs on the floor, then pour the materials on it, then begin to build, right? So everything is done according to a particular specification now remember the intention of the temple we've already talked about this is is to create an environment where the spirit feels at home so when god is building god is trying to raise a building where he can come in and feel at home and that is why in the new creation god is very specific god is very precise god is very exact even in his estimation his estimation is so precise exact that you cannot miss the new creation and he tells us that the way to build the new creation is in christ it means that whenever we talk about the new creation our ideologies, our concepts, our desires must all emanate from Christ. Now, in saying that, it brings me to the second pattern, which is the pattern of the instrument. Now, I want you to understand 
every instrument or furniture that was used in the temple was not found in its original state. Every instrument or every furniture that was used in the temple was not found in its original state. Every instrument and every furniture is found in its transformed state. We've talked about this before. We've talked about this before. Every furniture and every instrument that is used in the temple, I'm emphasizing it, is always found not in its original state but in its transformed state. That is, if it is wood, it is not a tree, but it is a tree that has been hewn down or a tree that has been felled, then the branches cut off, um, cut into lumber, cut into plywood, cut into planks, then it is arranged and designed in a way where it can be turned into a table, turned into a chair, turned into a guitar, turned into a harp, turned into a tambourine. Everything is found in a transformed state. So it stands to reason that in the new creation, you cannot claim to be in your original state and be a part of the new creation. What is the original state? The original state is the state of Adam. Now remember, nobody in this world is born outside the state of Adam. You cannot claim that when the I was giving birth to, I was born again. You are not John the Baptist. If John the Baptist was conceived in the form of Adam and grace and mercy came upon him on his sixth month before things changed for him. So, the state of Adam is what we call the natural state of man. Every man is found in this natural state. But you cannot serve God in this natural state. And that is why there is the need for the new creation. Because the new creation, remember the last time, about two weeks ago, when we started, we said that the new creation means to be renewed, right? To be made new. It's, it's a new species being made from something that has not existed before a substance that has not existed before and so you realize that god is saying that if you are not a new creation you are not fit for purpose now i i, I did a bit of quality management so one one of the definitions for um a, a good that meets the standard of quality is that fit for use or fit for purpose which means that if the thing is made it is able to be used for the purpose for which it was made that is the standard for measuring quality now if you are not transformed just like the pattern of the instrument or the pattern of the furnishings you are not qualified to stand in the temple of god to be used in the service of god because remember the pattern of all these instruments or all these furnishings they were going to be used in the service of god so if you are not transformed you are not permitted in the temple because you are not fit for use in the temple but the things that are transformed or the things that are permitted or the things that are used that come under the category of the pattern of the instrument and the pattern of the furnishings they are not just in their transformed state but they are also particularly set apart for the use of the temple that means that 
whatever was made for the temple was made for the exclusive use of the temple it could not be found in anybody's house it could not be found in anybody's business it could not be found in anybody's tent or car it was made exclusively for the use of god so when you start from chapter 25 it is going to talk about the ark the table and the menorah and it is going to tell us all the things that should be used in making it and when you get to exodus 25 verse 40 the bible says that see that you make them according to the pattern being showed to you on the mountain chapter 26 talks about the curtains chapter 27 talks about the altar the courtyard and the oil now the oil is also called the apothecary everything that was made for the temple was made for the exclusive use of the law now the garments of the priests how they are supposed to wear it the oil which is called the apothecary you are going to realize that everything had an exclusivity clause to it what was made for god cannot be made for any other god cannot be made for any other man what was for god was going to be solely for god so remember in the pattern of the instrument or in the pattern of the furnishings god does not just require transformation but he requires concentration he requires concentration so the new creation is not just expected to be transformed or a transformed person but the new creation is also expected to be a consecrated person a consecrated being and so when we read um, romans chapter 12 where it talks about renewing of the heart renewing of the mind that do not be conformed to the pattern of the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says that the only thing you and I we have to offer to God is our body a living sacrifice. It is the only thing that will meet the standard of exclusivity for God. So consecration and transformation are the two key requirements for all instrument or all finishes what does it mean to be consecrated it means to be sanctified it means to be set apart it means that you you have to be presented in the presence of god we've talked about how god makes things holy god makes things holy by one he declares it holy two he appears in the place where the thing is found and three he anoints it with oil so when we say consecration or set apart, these are the three things that must happen to a person who is a new creation. You must be opened up such that God will appear in you. God will have to declare you holy. Then God will have to anoint you and say that you are mine. Right? So the Bible says that God knows those who are his. It means that if you are his, three things has happened to you. He has declared you holy, he is found in you, and he has anointed you. Three requirements for, for the things that meet or that are called God's own. One, one is that they are anointed is that God is found in them and three is that God himself has declared them to be his own. Now, why are we talking about all these things? Why are we talking about the pattern of the instrument, the pattern of the tabernacle? Why are we talking about the measurements, 
why are we talking about the idea of measurement accuracy specificity estimations preciseness exactness carefulness why are we talking about all these things why are we talking about transformation and concentration it is to draw our attention to the fact that there is a standard and there is a benchmark in dealing with god god is not just a being we can approach carelessly god has standards god has benchmarks and whenever we are coming into his temple and we are not mindful of these things we can come to him anyhow can you think about if indeed you are a new creation you think that your approach to god your service to god is it precise is it exact are you careful in the presence of god i are you accurate in the things of god do you know what he requires of you do you know what he demands of you it is very important every activity created in the temple service was based on attention to serving the living god it was to help us learn to serve the needs of god so in the new creation you realize that in eden Eden, even though he gave man free will man was given a specific instruction to keep in eden and remember we've said that eden is a form of a new creation say that tend to the garden take care of the garden it is the need of god it wasn't the need of man the need of god was and he blessed man he said and multiply be fruitful have dominion over the earth right subdue the earth it, it was it was god's desire for man so the temple is designed with these benchmarks and standards to help us to know how we will approach god but remember the temple is never built by god the temple was always built by man if you and i our body is the temple of god the question i want to end with tonight is how are you building your temple now remember the requirement for the meeting place or the dwelling place is is very subjective now when we talk about the pattern of the instrument or the pattern of the furnishings where we emphasize on transformation and consecration you have to understand that this particular pattern it is very subjective to god because it is a pattern that is always under constant review now remember when the building was built god did not ask them to do anything to the building again the pattern of the tabernacle after they built the structure god did not ask them to add anything to the structure again but when it comes to the pattern of the instrument you you understand that god sees that there were daily requirements for it the menorah was supposed to be lighted daily he was supposed to make sure that the table of showbread had bread every seven days the wine had to be fresh every seven days they had to make sure that you know the, the place was clean every day the things that were used the, the instrument that were used they had to be cared for every day so we as god's instrument his demand of us is that daily we must learn to renew ourselves daily so that we can serve him better as the days progresses i don't know how you want to serve god 
I don't know how you are serving God. I don't know how you prepare to serve God. But do you see yourself transformed? Ask yourself, uh, how, how long have you been a Christian? 10 years, 5 years, 2 years, a year? Do you see yourself transformed? Because if you are not transformed, they know that it is not God that is responsible for the non-transformation. It is you. Because what God has to do to transform the instrument, it has already been done in Christ Jesus. And that is why he says that in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says that in Christ, you and I, we are a new creation. So in him we are. The price for the new creation has been paid. The, the pattern of transformation has already been set. If you will believe in me and if you will not doubt that I'm the son of God, that I came to die for your sins and I came to renew you and restore you to the true life, if you will believe, the inheritance will be turned over to you and you will be, you, you'll be made a co-heir to the inheritance of God. The process for transformation has been specified. God has been very specific. God has been very exact. There is no name in the heavens by which man must be saved. There is no name in the heavens or the earth by which man must be saved, except the name of Jesus. So God is very precise. God is very exact. God has been very accurate in these things. Without Christ, the new creation is not possibility for anyone. But I am not speaking to unbelievers. I'm speaking to believers. And this evening, as I talk about the new creation and the temple, I want you to know that God knew exactly what he wanted in his temple. He knew exactly where Israel should get it. He knew the exact weight he wanted it. He knew the exact refined quality. Because there is a lot of talk about gold. There is the talk of about pure gold, beating gold find gold you are going to see that god is very 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 specific about what he wants. if he wants pure gold he will say i want pure gold for this if he wants silver he will say i want silver for this if he wants bronze he will say i want bronze for this do you know what he requires of you do you know what your lord and your king has demanded of you. and be careful to build according to the pattern you know we've talked about prayer we've talked about bible studies but that that is not the pattern you see somebody can do bible studies 30 minutes and heaven will be very pleased somebody can do bible studies for 15 minutes and heaven can be very pleased some people his requirement is that you do bible studies for two hours are you aware of it somebody can pray for 15 minutes and heaven will be very pleased somebody can pray for 30 minutes and heaven will be very pleased somebody can pray for one hour and heaven will be very pleased but for someone if you are not praying three hours or more a day heaven is not pleased are you aware of it because you see for the instrument you need to be transformed and every instrument there is a work that will bring you to the place of transformation you must go through fire you must be cut you must be shaped you must be molded you can be shattered and put back together all these are part of the transformation of instrument look at the tree turned into a table turned into a chair turned into a harp turned into a guitar it's beautiful but you know what it took for them to look this beautiful do you know what it would take for you to look like jesus to look glorious to look majestic to look honorable to look powerful are you aware of it are you aware of it tonight i want you to understand that god's desire for all his children is the new creation especially the temple he wants the new temple, the temple that Jesus built and graced up when he came out 
of the grave. But he is inviting you and I to partner with the Holy Spirit so that if you and I will partner with the Holy Spirit, God will help us through this transformation process. Now remember, God is a jealous God. And so he is saying that as I customize your life, I want you to know that I am customizing your life for my exclusive use. I'm not going to allow you, I'm not going to, imagine, imagine that you are in a relationship, right? And you saw a guy or you saw a girl. And the first time you met them, they were uncouth, they were uncivilized. They didn't know what was beautiful. They didn't know what was smell good, look good then you because of your exposure and your your grooming you took them from where they are whether male or female if you're a man you met a woman if you're a woman you met a man but never people of the same sex you don't do same sex and you take your time and you groom them change their lives change their clothes change even the way they speak change the way they smell with the intention of marrying them and when after you have transformed them they say that i don't like you again what will happen to your heart most of us we don't think of it in that sense that this is what we are doing to jesus christ he takes us from the married clay he cleanses our people our sins he restores our hearts our dignity our beauty and and gives us hope again and he tells us I don't want to share you with any other person, with any other being. And after we look beautiful, we look at ourselves in the mirror and we say that, ah, Jesus, I'm too beautiful. Why, why don't you want me to share my beauty with the world? You are being too stingy. Imagine that you, you have taken some caveman and trained him to wear suits. Now he is well-traveled able to speak in many languages and on the day after you have transformed him and he said that it's now time for us to marry he said that you are not my type <laughs> how will you feel that is what many of us we are doing to jesus but i pray that just like we talked about concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instrument that we will understand that god likes to measure things and one of the things that god does not like when he measures things is things not meeting the standards things not meeting the benchmark requirement god hates it but in saying this i want you to know that god is very patient god is very kind that is why he has given us a lifetime to refine our lives to the point of perfection so if you are listening to me tonight i'm here to encourage you that god has not given up on you so don't give up on yourself yes the world is hard things are hard you are struggling but he has not abandoned and if you will talk to him and if you will share your heart with him he will share his heart with you also he will teach you how to be stronger he will teach you how to be more beautiful he will teach you how to be more confident he will teach you how to be more faithful he will teach you how to have integrity he will teach you how to have honor. He will teach you how to have power and to wield power. And he will teach you how to live a humble life. God is ever merciful and God is ever gracious. He is asking of us to take up this responsibility of building the new creation. He wants to begin with us. He wants you and I to begin to build our lives according to the precise, exact, careful, diligent, benchmark and standard that the Holy Spirit is showing us and speaking to us about. It is called the benchmark of holiness. It is called the benchmark of righteousness. It is called the benchmark of justice. 
It is called the benchmark of honor, integrity. How many of these do you and I have? Are we people with honor? Are we people with integrity? Are we people who are just? Are we people who are righteous? Are we a holy people? If we fall short in any of these areas, tonight the Lord is here to say, if you will let me, I can fix you. If you listen to me, I can fix you. I can fix that which is broken. If you will listen. See, that's, that's, the, that's the one thing I'm hearing. That if you will listen. You see, Moses listened. Um, David listened. Solomon listened. Ezekiel listened. Jesus listened. And because of that, they were able to show us the picture of how the tabernacle should look like. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you ready to listen? Are you ready to listen to the Holy Spirit concerning what you should do for your marriage, concerning what you should do for your business, concerning how you should raise your children, concerning how you should treat your spouse, concerning how you should treat your work colleagues, concerning how you should treat your superiors and those in authority? Are you ready to listen to the Holy Spirit? You see, it's, it's so funny that Christians, we, we, we rely so much on the, the knowledge of the world. It, it, when was the last time you talked to God about God? Am I raising my children? the way you want me to am i exposing my children to the things you want me to expose them have you even ever prayed that prayer what are the things that you want my children you want me to expose to my children and want you want my children to be exposed to what kind of music is there anything in particular jesus holy spirit you you want me to learn to do to teach, to know. When was the last time we prayed such a we, we prayed such a prayer? When is the last time we sat down and said that God, I want my home to look like heaven. Show me how to build my home to look like heaven. To build my marriage to look like heaven. To build my business to look like heaven. Oh, mercy. Mercy. Lord, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. When was the last time? When was the last time? I pray for everybody here that this evening, the Lord will help you and I to begin to listen. I am reminded of an old song when we walk with the Lord in the light of His will, in the light of His word. What a glory He sheds on our way while we do His good will. He abides with us. Trust and obey. How do we trust and obey? If you don't listen, not trust this evening i feel that the holy spirit is bringing our hearts and our minds to the emphasis of listening listen to me if you want to build a godly life a life of power a life of honor life of integrity a life of beauty a magnificent life it is time for you and I to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. I am guilty. You can also find your own guilt. Go to God about it. And begin to talk to him about it. The Lord have mercy on me. I have rushed. I've done things according to human expectations, but I've 
I've never taken my time to ask you, is this what you want? Is this how you want it? Am I doing as you, you said I should? But this evening I have come to listen. I, I, have, I have come not to do shabaro kabazo the other, but I have come to sit under your feet to say, Jesus, I am listening. Speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Concerning my marriage, speak to me. This relationship, this, this thing that you see you are in love, are you sure Jesus is in it? Hmm. Have you asked him? Some people are saying that nowadays God does not choose for us. You go and choose and God will approve. Ah, go and choose. Go and choose and after that you come and ask him. It's like <laughs> it's like praying a certain prayer that you know when you pray God will say yes. So you don't ever want to pray that prayer. Like God is, you know that if you ask God, this money I want to give, should I give it to you? You know that you will say yes, so you, you, you will not even pray that prayer. Or this 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 thing, this thing that you are feeling in your heart. That hey, I feel like God is calling me to be a pastor, but I'm not going to pray about it. Because I know definitely if I pray about it and ask God, do you want me to be a pastor? You say yes, I want you to be a pastor. For me, I won't pray about it. That is how many of us are. You are in a relationship. You know that hmm, if you really go to God about it, God will say that leave the boy, leave the girl. So you you will never pray about it. And when you marry and there is trouble, you come and say that look at the man that God has given me. You'll be like Adam. The woman that he gave me. At this point, it is not God that gave, but we are praying that God help us. Help us tonight. To listen. Give me a willing heart. The Bible says that it is God that works in us both to will and to do. It does not take your power. You see, God is a spiritual. God is a spirit. We cannot use human endeavor, human efforts, human knowledge to serve a spirit. Human beings can only serve spirits by the revelations of the spirit, by the instructions of the spirit. If God does not show us, we will build in vain. We will labor in vain. So, Father, help us tonight to build our lives. Teach us to listen. For those that don't want to pray because they know the answer, I pray that Lord give them the courage to accept the answer. I don't know. This morning I had a dream. And in this dream, somebody I did not expect to prophesy because of the way the person is in real life. The person prophesied. And when the person prophesied in the dream, the person the person prophesied to was actually shocked that the person prophesied because the prophecy was accurate. So the person exclaimed with a loud voice, mentioning the name of the person. And said, you have prophesied. Yeah. The Lord is calling some people to enter into new realms, into new dimensions. It's a difficult journey. It's going to take a lot of self-denial by you knowing the, in the depth of your heart that He's calling you there. Are you listening? Speaking to you about the career choice. You want to move. There's somebody you want to move where you are you are struggling in your career you, you want to move you want to switch jobs some of you, you 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 want to go to another place to go and practice what you have learned 
but have you asked him? Are you listening to what he is saying? Have you asked God, I know you need money, but have you asked him, do you want to be in this region, even though there is no money here? Or, or you want me to leave, wherever I go, you bless me, let me, let me, let me run out. I pray, I pray that we will listen. Pray that God, say that God give me the listening ear, the patient heart and the listening ear. That I will patiently wait and listen. Habakkuk said, I will climb up to my watchtower and I will listen for what he shall say. I will climb up and I will wait and I will listen for what he will he will come and say to me. I pray that you and I will have that posture. That we will have that posture. Even in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, we pray. Amen. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.